Joining us now is Tobias Reed, Oregon's current state treasurer. We'll be talking about Oregon's pension crisis, forest management, and his bid for re-election. Tobias, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Uh, we're getting close to the finish line. What does your last week of campaigning look like? Well, it's a weird time in this uh, COVID campaign. So I've been, uh, like many other people, spending a lot of time on Zoom calls. One of the very few positives of COVID, I suppose, is that uh, it's easier to get around to uh, uh, places in the in the state that I would I would struggle to get to physically. Uh, it's quite a bit easier to click there and have good conversations with people around the state. Yeah, we were just talking to uh, Dana Haynes of the Portland Tribune about that, and um, I wonder your take on do you do you like Zoom campaigning more than in person campaigning? Uh, not not generally, um, but as I say, I think there, there's some positives, and I try to uh, hold on to those positives. The thing that I think is sort of exhausting is the um, it's sort of the Zoom experience is kind of a trick on one's brain. Like a, in part, I'm feeling like I should be getting the the positives of of direct personal interaction, but it's not the same as everybody knows. So uh, at the end of the day, I can kind of think, gosh, I'm tired, but I didn't, I didn't actually go anywhere today. It's just uh, uh, the, the deceit, the deceiving sort of experience of, of Zoom. So I look forward to being able to, to look people in the actual eye and, and hear about their experiences more directly uh, after we get through all of this. So uh, oh. uh, I was just going to ask, um, you know, with uh, Oregon going through a pension, pension crisis right now, um, can you explain what that is and how your new program, Oregon Saves, uh, helps to address that problem? Yeah, I guess I would, I would, dis, I would frame it a little bit differently because that, the word gets thrown around a lot around uh, pension crisis, and I, I don't think that's necessarily true. What I would say is we, we have a retirement savings crisis in that mm. not enough people are saving for retirement, and that comes from the fact that about half of people who are working uh, in Oregon and across the country don't have a way to save for retirement at work, and that's a big problem. That That's really what we are trying to address with Oregon Saves. In fact, we're the, we're the first state in the country uh, to take this approach, and it was uh, a nice bit of continuity. It was one of the last things I worked on as a member of the legislature, and I get to help implement it as treasurer. We passed a law that says if you are an employer in Oregon and you don't choose to offer your own retirement plan, you're obligated to facilitate Oregon Saves. And what that means is you say to your employees, unless you tell me otherwise, 5% of your wages are going into your IRA. And the employee has the ability to, to change that 5% number to anything, including zero or anything above that. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're in control. But it kind of flips the script and, and turns um, you know, inertia <laughs> into, into a positive thing. Because without that kind of nudge, um, and that, of course, is the, the title of the Richard Thaler and Cass Sunstein book from which a lot of these ideas came, um, people don't tend to do it. It's, it's complicated, it's intimidating, it can seem like it's way far off and, and people don't do it. But now, we're three years into this program, we have 75,000 people who have funded IRAs. Um, they've saved $70 million, and while that's not enough to retire on yet, it's got people on a path to financial autonomy. And because of the way we set them up as Roth IRAs, uh, funded by after-tax contributions, they can be used uh, as an emergency fund in a time like this. And I don't you know, necessarily want to promote that as an emergency fund because it is intended for long-term savings, but it's a heck of a lot better than, than other options someone who might be confronting uh, unemployment might, might face. And the best news of all is that even when people 
are needing to use those funds for emergencies, they're staying in the program and continuing to save. So we're really establishing and building a culture of savings, and that's going to be to the benefit of all Oregonians over time. Do you have uh, at your fingertips um, any information about um, at what earning level most uh, people who are taking uh, advantage of Oregon Saves are, are working? You know, is it a lot of people at uh, you know minimum wage? What you know? Do you have those numbers? Yeah. I, I don't have the, the the numerics in front of me, but what I can say is that it, it follows what you would expect that that people who are uh, at at lower wage jobs tend to be more represented in, in Oregon Saves, uh, in the Oregon Saves population. These are uh, service, service workers. Yeah. Um, they're uh, hospitality, they're uh, in, in restaurant and um, lodging kinds of things. And all of that sort of stuff you would expect is, is proving to be true. Um, we do have, have some information about those, uh, uh, the, the, the numbers, but I don't have them in front of me at this, at this moment. Okay, thanks. Yeah, of uh, course. In our last conversation with Dana Haynes, he talked about what a great debate you and your opponent had and how you're both very qualified. Um, can you just explain to us a little bit about the importance of the treasurer? And, you know, you just told us about Oregon Saves, which sounds really cool. What what kind of programs do you work on? What do you do? Yeah, there's, I think, a common misperception uh, that, that uh, we have some role in tax collection or de- determining the state budget. Um, but what we really do is keep public money safe and, and growing before it's used for its intended purpose. We, we invest the, the portfolio of the state. The largest portion of that is the public employee retirement fund, the pension. Uh, we invest the short-term fund, which is really sort of a, a money market for state agencies and, uh, and a lot of local governments, uh, a number of other uh, portfolios. Uh, we issue and manage all the state's debt, the, the bonds that we use to, to finance infrastructure, like affordable housing and roads and bridges and those sorts of things. Um, we run these, these financial empowerment programs. We just talked about Oregon Saves, but we've also um, transformed the way the, the college savings plan works to make it more relevant for uh, low and middle income families. Uh, we have a really um, innovative uh, savings program for people who are living with disabilities. Uh, the treasurer sits on the, on the state land board um, and a number of other economic development related agencies. And really, you know, we're the, we're the bank for the state and the investment shop. So we're uh, a financial hub uh, for Oregon and, and for Oregonians. So it is an important job. And uh, as people are obviously paying attention to the, to the presidential race, I hope they're coming down the ballot uh, and filling <laughs> out their, their ballots uh, completely in these, uh, in these last six days. With this uh, damaging and tragic summer of forest fires, uh, forest management uh, has been in our minds. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what your priorities are when it comes to forest management? And and I, I would appreciate uh, knowing a little bit about how uh, the the treasurer is uh, involved in the forest management uh, process and decision making in Oregon. Sure. Well, there's two ways that I'm involved uh, presently, at least. Um, one uh, is as the, the, the co-chair with, with Labor Commissioner Val Hoyle of the Governor's Wildfire Economic Recovery Council. Uh, we meet uh, once a week at the, at the present time to uh, help develop recommendations on how Oregon's going to respond to the uh, really 
horrific uh, experience we had with wildfires uh, this summer and, and into the fall. Uh, and I think what's potentially exciting about that is the, is the nudge that it might give us to think about things differently and uh, to use the, uh, the words of, a, of another candidate, uh, build back better. Uh, the other one is as a member of the, of the land board and with the governor and the secretary of state, the land board um, is responsible for management of, of trust lands. And this goes back to statehood when Oregon was given uh, specific sections of land to support uh, public education, K-12 education specifically. Uh, num- a lot of that land has been sold, some of consolidated, and what remains has the uh, constitutional obligation to deliver returns for the common school fund, essentially an endowment. And some of that land is, is forest. Uh, the most visible uh, is the Elliott State Forest, and it is also emblematic of the tension that, that we confront in that context because, on the one hand, we have this constitutional obligation to deliver returns, but on the other hand, uh, a lot of us um, have really strong feelings about how forests ought to be managed as forests, and those can, can create um, you know, different uh, routes if you're, if you're managing it as a forest or managing it specifically as a, as a money-making enterprise. So that experience, I think, has been uh, really interesting. We, I, I joined um, the land board in the midst of a conversation that was already underway about the, the Elliott, uh, and the previous land board had elected to pursue a, a plan to, to sell the forest and, and compensate the common school fund. So I took a leadership role and uh, have helped to craft an, an alternative, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. There's still a bit of work to, to do, but we're on the cusp of being able to transform that forest into a research forest at Oregon State University, one of the, the top-ranked forestry schools in the world. And what's exciting about that to me is that it will allow us to, to meet our obligations to the Common School Fund. At the same time, uh, we can play a, a, a leading role in the world in exploring sustainable forestry, how to confront climate change, um, how to deal with uh, endangered species, how to, how to do all this in a way that, um, that meets our, our various um, goals for a forest and contributes to you know, creating future foresters and, and faithful to such an important part of our of our economy in Oregon. So I think that is uh, a good example of the approach I try to try to bring to these questions that uh, recognizes the the unique and unusual aspects of each of the components of our of our forests uh, and and pulls in some some creativity and collaboration to to balance those tensions. That's great. What uh, what would be your top priorities for another for your next term? Yeah, I, I really want to continue our work to to modernize our investment programs. Um, we have done a, a really good job uh, in my first term of bringing work back to Oregon. Um, there are some places where where we need specific expertise uh, that that we can't get in Oregon, but there are a lot of places where we can do the work in in Tigard, uh, where I'm calling you from this morning, uh, a lot less expensively than if we contract with people in Manhattan. Um, that doesn't take uh, uh, a real revolutionary observation to, to note that, but it adds up. And so since we've, we've begun this effort, we've, uh, we've added $500 million in additional pension fund capital because of those decisions. And that's a benefit to every Oregonian. A, a dollar that we earn in investments um, is a dollar that doesn't have to come from elsewhere in the budget or from taxpayers, and it leaves us more room to, uh, to, to buy other things we, we care about, education, healthcare, and the, and the like. So modernizing that, um, we had a really successful um, first few issuances of, of sustainability bonds. Um, we're focused on affordable housing, so that has 
created a different set of demand in the market and allowed us to make those dollars go farther and build more affordable housing. We want to continue those. We want to continue to roll out uh, Oregon Saves to, to more Oregonians and make sure that college savings plan that we've we've uh, really revamped to focus on on low and middle income families uh, because having uh, a, a side statistic here, having a, a college savings account means that any kid, uh, regardless of how much is in it, uh, is three times more likely to go to college. And we've been um, dissatisfied with the fact that, that the people who use um, those college savings accounts have, have historically been disproportionately affluent white folks from, from metro areas. So we're really focused on trying to make sure that, that every kid, every geographic and demographic corner in the state has access to that transformational kind of uh, savings opportunity. So uh, lots to do in a second term, and I hope, uh, hope we'll get, uh, get to do it. What, where can people find out more about your campaign? Thanks for asking. TobiasReed.com. And uh, as I always say, it's read like read a book, R-E-A-D. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tobias, and uh, good luck in next week's election. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for your work.